Hey friends, Jamie here again. Thanks for bearing with me. It's been a few weeks since I recorded an episode and released it to you guys, but hopefully I'm back in action. It is November 14th um, and this month is Epilepsy Awareness Month, so I really want to talk about more things. We're halfway through the month. And yeah, so if you can find me on Instagram, just message me with anything in particular you want me to talk about. If you want to be a guest on the show, I'm all for that too. Um, Because as we know, we need more advocates in the community really just talking about this condition and the stigmas associated with it and to basically, quite honestly, normalize it. So enough about that. Today I am chatting with Katie. I found her on Instagram. Surprise, surprise. That's where most of my epilepsy friends hang out. And we talk about all things, you know, living in the big city and having a medical condition, um, what it's like to live alone. Um, And she also has a VNS. So I really wanted her to touch base on that. Um, in true Jamie fashion, in true Jamie fashion, um, I ramble a lot. <laughs> so hopefully you guys can follow along and let me know what you think. Bye. Let's get started. So everybody, this is Katie. She, you live in Chicago, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And... You have epilepsy. How how old were you when you were diagnosed with epilepsy? Um, so I wasn't officially diagnosed with the label of epilepsy um, until about four years ago. Um, but I've had seizures basically all my life. Um, my mom took me to the doctor when I was in between fifth and sixth grade and had me stick out my arms like this. I don't, I didn't even remember why we were there. Um, and he had me stick my arms out like this and that's when I had a seizure. Um, and that started the cycle of EEGs and blood draws and all that fun stuff. Um, and he labeled it, my family doctor labeled it seizures. Um, and that's, pretty much what I lived with until about four years ago. And so, so for everybody listening, you, you basically put your hand straight out and then you had a seizure. So what type of seizure did you have? I had, um, back in the day, they used to call it a petty mal seizure. Um, but nowadays it's called an absence seizure. Um, and it was a, very brief, like one to three seconds type of seizure. Um, my eyes roll back, my eyelids flutter. And at when I first started having them or noticing that I was having them, um, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, didn't, didn't know that I was having them. Um, but now that I'm so used to the after effects, um, I know when I have one. Okay. So like I've had conversations with someone that's had petite mal seizures and are you conscious during, so like, do you know what's going on during those one to three seconds? Um, no, I'm not aware of what's going on. So if I'm talking and I have one, I'll stop. And Mm -hmm. then 
I'll either go back and repeat what I've already said, or I'll skip over what I thought I said and continue talking. Um, if I'm walking and I have one, um, the signals in my brain have already been sent. And so, um, like I've been walking before and told myself, oh, I need to turn and go this way. Well, because my brain has already told itself what to, the, the body what to do, excuse me. Um, I ran into the wall instead because I, I skipped this much in time and my body was ready to turn. Um, so my body continues doing what it was supposed to be doing, but I am not all there. Right. So do your seizures typically last only a few seconds? Yeah. And that's a really bizarre thing. Um, so medically by the books, I don't have seizures. Right. <laughs> Um, but my brain waves, um, match the same wavelengths that a typical seizure would do. Um, and I have them so frequently that I've been put into the category of epilepsy. Okay. Um, yeah. And so that, so your mom took you to the doctor when you were in grade school, but before that, do you remember anything like anything? Does your mom ever, does your mom ever tell you anything about what made her finally take you? No, um, and she probably honestly wouldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's been, yeah, I mean, I, I remember in grade school that I would just go to the doctor, like go to the neurologist and do those, you know, the tests where you hold your hands out or you have to walk toe to toe and then you have to follow their finger with, with your, with your eyes and didn't really understand what, understand it but then I remembered having to go get an EEG because the glue stuff in your hair and going back to school but yep. so like when you're that little you don't really get it mm -hmm. um but yeah so t talk to me a little bit more about um so like when after you were quote-unquote diagnosed with seizures what was the treatment plan like did you did you ever have any type of um, seizure freedom or have you consistently had multiple? Cause I, I was looking through your Instagram and you were chatting about multiple seizures a day. So like sometimes mm -hmm. 50 to a hundred seizures per day, does that still yeah. happen now or? Yeah. So um, the first time after I had my EEG and was diagnosed, um, they put me on Depakote um, which I have now learned is really bad for females. Um, but I was on Depakote until I was 18. Um, and I definitely noticed a personality change. Like I gained a lot of weight um, between sixth grade and eighth grade um, and very lethargic, didn't want to do school anymore. Um, but I didn't have seizures <laughs> while I was on Depakote. Um, and then my parents didn't have insurance and so when I turned 18 they're like we're gonna not pay for your meds anymore it's too expensive um and so my doctor had to wean me off of Depakote um and then I was med free for 10 years um so I was continuing to have seizures during those 10 years um and it it got to the point where um, there was people concerned for my health and said that you need to go back to a different doctor. 
um, cause I grew up in Colorado. I'm now in Chicago, um, totally different ball game as far as medicine's concerned. Um, and yeah, it was just getting to the point where I, I couldn't sleep very well. I couldn't think straight. My memory was not good at all. Um, and I just kept having seizures. Um, now, were you in college? So like you got, you turned 18, did you go to college and were, were you working? So I, um, I did three years of community college and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I quit that. And then um, I moved to Texas for a couple of years and worked for a hotel. Um, and then I ended up in Chicago. What, what, I don't remember what year that was, nine years ago. Um, so, do you think, so, I mean, I know that you said that people were concerned for your health because of the seizures you were having. I take it that you were having numerous per day. Yes. So they so, didn't know how to react. So then, but did your seizures ever get in the way of you working or going to school? I mean, I know that we, we deal with memory loss and all of that, but did mm -hmm. it, did it ever like affect you where you couldn't work for a certain amount of time or? Um, not while I was in Texas. Um, and I graduated with a bachelor's without medic medicine, which was amazing. Awesome. Like, I, I don't know how I managed that. Um, cause there was a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, I can't focus right now. <laughs> um, and a lot of papers that didn't get written. So, um, there, I know, I remember one class, um, it was a speech class and we had to do it without notes and I was having a particularly bad seizure day and I had to go find my professor and say, can I please use notes? Because the, the fear of having multiple seizures in front of an audience um, without notes, not knowing where I left off um, or where I was going to go was very overwhelming. Um, and thankfully he was graceful and let me use notes. Um, but yeah, I didn't get back into the med arena until I got a full-time job after college, um, which was five years ago. So, um, yeah, that was, and that's been its own roller coaster. Right. Now, do you, when you were having the, se the seizures during the day and, and around your friends and colleagues, mm -hmm. um, what was people's reactions because I don't think I didn't know about different seizure types until I until I was an adult like grown adult looking yeah. into advocating so and I know a lot of people have no idea that people you know that these little seizures quote-unquote little seizures could happen mm -hmm. so what were some of the reactions that people had like when you were conscious after having them so a lot of times people don't know unless they know me. Um, so I'm trying to think. Um, if, but this is what happens with most new interactions. So I'm talking to somebody new and I have a seizure. They think I've stopped talking. And so they'll continue their conversation. And I'm like coming back into it. And I'm like, what in the world did I just miss? Um, and I wasn't finished with my sentence. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of that with people I don't know, but um, 
with people I do know, sometimes they can't even tell unless I tell them how my seizures are um, displayed. So it just depends on the people. Sorry, my cat just was scratching at the door. Um, so they don't know how to react. So that was pretty much when I was, I was at, it was at my hairdresser, one of the hair, the hairdressers, she had, that was happening. And when she came to, she was like, oh, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I just had a seizure. It's fine. And her, when she was having it, her eyes were fluttering and it was like, she was talking, but she was mute. Mm -hmm. I knew what was happening because this was just a couple years ago. So I've trained myself. Um, but I could see how some people would have been like, well, I don't, you know, I've never seen that before. Is she okay? So for you, when your eyes flutter, since it's only for a couple of seconds, it's not noticeable for people. It's usually not, um, unless they actually know how my, seizures manifest themselves. Right. Okay. So are you on medicine now? So you said Depakote didn't, you were on Depakote for a while and then what, how was your, your so, medicine journey? Um, when I ended up going back to a doctor after 10 years of not being on meds, um, they had to run their own tests, even though I gave them my medical history. And so I had the typical EEG, um, I started with a neurologist and I went through maybe three or four different meds with him. And I'm just like, I can't handle these side effects or this isn't working or, um, I forget what else, but it was mainly the side effects that I just could just couldn't handle. Um, there was one med that made my entire body feel like I was, um, being stuck with needles. Um, and I'm like, I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot do this for the rest of my life. Um, and so he eventually gave up on me and referred me to an epileptologist. Um, so that's who I've, I have now. Um, and I've been on, it's a relatively new drug, um, Breviact. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, yeah. it's literally three years old. Okay. Um, and it has minimized my seizures, but I still have between five and 10 a day, depending on how stressful life gets. Um, but that's definitely better than when I started this whole process with having 50 to 75 a day. Um, yeah, so I actually have an, a, another ambulatory EEG towards the end of this month, um, so he can check on the progress of everything that we've been doing, so. Is it gonna be for an hour? 24 hours. Oh, 24 hours. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've never had to had that before. I've only the longest I've had was an hour. Yeah, this will be my second ambulatory EEG that's lasted 24 hours. And are, can you do it at home? Yeah, so they'll hook it up to my head. Um, there'll be wires going from my head to like a little purse that has the machine in it. Um, and I have to go to work because he wants to see me in my element <laughs> and see how my brain reacts. So, uh, and so what do you do for work now? Um, I'm an analyst on a software team in higher education. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's extremely stressful and not helpful for the seizures. Um, 
So there are some days where I'm like, why in the world am I doing this to myself? Um, but yeah. I work in higher education too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I work from home, so it's a little not, not stressful. Um, okay, so that's exciting in a way, right? So are you expecting any different type of results? Or just kind of a to compare it to the baseline other EEG? Um, his desires to compare it. Um, but when I went to go see him back in September, his attitude had kind of shifted. Like he wasn't himself. Um, and he was asking me questions that he already had answers to. Um, so it was, it was very, I don't want to say accusing, but the questions he asked me and the answers I gave, and then the response to my answers was like, is this all in your head? <laughs> and I'm like, That's I shouldn't, other topic. I shouldn't get this from my epileptologist. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, so I well, don't know. What know I think that that's important to talk about too, is a lot of people in the community have been accused of faking um, or having pseudo seizures, which mm -hmm. I didn't know existed until like a year ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a big deal. If you finally, you're finally gaining the trust, right? To go back to mm -hmm. seek medical care after 10 years. And then a few years later realizing or, or being doubted. I mean, that is, it's awful. Yeah. I mean, he's been my doctor for the past three years and he knows my medical history, but like he asked me, how do you know you're having seizures? I said, well, I know the after effects because um, I've been so used to it over the past 20 plus years. Um, and um, where was I going? What are your after effects? Like, how do you feel afterwards? Um, it's exhausting, to be honest. <laughs> you probably know this. Um, and even though they're really, really short, I have to regain those three seconds multiple times a day. Um, and trying to push through it is the most exhausting because I'm, I'm better when I'm focused. And if I'm not focused, it's, it's all out the window. Um, and so that in and of itself, just trying to stay focused is exhausting. Um, and then recovering from having a seizure, trying to figure out where I was, where I'm going. Um, it's just like the memory's gone. Um, so that's frustrating too. Um, and it, it depends on where I'm at when I have one. So it's like, I don't know what I was saying and I'm completely embarrassed and right. Yeah. Do you, do you carry a, like an action plan with you? I never have. Um, just, well, I probably should, but because I've never had anything bigger, um, I've never experienced a grand mal seizure or, um, a drop seizure or anything. So, um, I don't even know what it would be. <laughs> right. So do you have, um, so you take public transportation. Have you ever drove? Illegally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you choose now to just take public transportation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I stayed in Chicago, um, mm -hmm. because their transit system is great. 
when it's on time. Um, yeah. Yeah. The struggle is real. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I could drive. It's one of those things that, um, is normal for everybody else. And I'm 32 years old and I don't have a car. And that whole topic of conversation is hard to explain to people like, yeah. So yeah, it's, a, it's like a sense of freedom that gets yanked from you and you have mm -hmm. no control over it. Um, I know, I mean, the laws are different everywhere. It depends on who your neurologist is mm -hmm. or the state or, you know, whatever. But yeah. um, that's great that you live in a city that has that option for you so that mm -hmm. you can get to and from work and you have a, you know, a pretty quote unquote normal life, right? That the seizures haven't really impacted you that much right so I mean you still have them a lot so do you did you have surgery I did so um I have a vagus nerve stimulator um which is why my voice changes every 30 seconds um and that was put in in December of 2016 um and to be eligible for that I had to have at least five failed medications um, and my neurologist would have had to recommend it. Um, so he literally, he recommended it in November of 2016. And I had to sit, I was sitting there thinking about it and the surgeon called me and said, Hey, we have an availability on December 23rd. And I'm like, I have to make a decision. <laughs> um, and I basically went with it because I had nothing to lose. And my insurance premiums were at the end of the year. Um, right. So it's like $150,000 surgery that I maybe paid $1,200 for. Um, and it's helped. It was really hard to get used to. Yeah. So um, explain, explain the VNS for people who are listening that have no idea what it is. Yeah. So there's what they call a generator that is implanted um, like three or four inches underneath vertically the collarbone um and then from that generator there's a lead line that runs up to the vagus nerve on the left side of the body um and what that's designed to do is send stimulation um to the brain through the nerve um to make sure that it's regulating um and that's programmed by the neurologist themselves um there's amplitude and all this other random things that they can control. Um, and it, it's, it's actually really cool. I'm in technology, so I think it's cool. Um, so you guys may be bored. I'm not, I don't know. Um, but they, they can program it based on your heart rate. So if you're a person whose heart rate goes up before a seizure, um, it's programmed to go off and um, counteract the uh, brainwave imbalances that would typically occur during a seizure. So it could potentially um, either make your seizure last not as long or potentially stop the seizure before it happens. Um, mine has dramatically reduced um, the amount of seizures I've had. I'm still taking medication, um, but the goal is to eventually be off of medication, um, but it's not a guaranteed cure-all either. Um, 
it helps. It changes your voice sometimes. <laughs> so um, that's also something to get used to. Is it something, I know it's implanted like in your chest by your collarbone. Mm -hmm. Is it also implanted in your brain as well? Or is it on the outside? No, so there's there's a there's a lead line that runs up to about the neck area. So I have an incision in my neck and an incision in my um, near my collarbone, and that's it. Okay. Um, it doesn't interfere with your brain at all. Um, it's technically neurosurgery, but it was a day surgery. So like I went in at 5 a.m. and I was out and home by 4 p.m. So nice and easy. Do you um, get to have that pass going through airport security? Yeah, so that's fun. <laughs> um, my first experience with the VNS and the airport, um, I was extremely nervous. Like, what are they going to think? People my age don't normally have pacemakers. Right. Um, and so I was just extremely nervous. Um, but you're not allowed to go through the metal detector with the, with the VNS in. Um, so I actually have traveled internationally with it too. So that, that was even more interesting. Um, but you can go through the body scanner and you can be wanded if needed. Um, cause I was in an airport in Romania, um, and with the broken English between the two of us, um, said, I have a pacemaker and she's like, okay. And so she just did the metal wand around my body and pat me down and then let me go. Um, which I'm glad that airport workers and security personnel know how to handle those situations. Um, but more and more, there are metal detectors pretty much everywhere. Um, baseball games, I can't go through the metal detector. Like, sorry, I have to disobey right. rules. Um, and I do get those weird stares, like, you don't have a pacemaker. Like, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so. Do you have anything that you can say, like, you can show, like, a card or something that says, hey, I have an implant? Yeah, I have, I have a card um, in my wallet, but it's not typically the security personnel that give me weird looks. It's the people around me well, that don't understand. And, like, why does she get to not go through the metal detector while I have to wait in line? So <sighs> that just circles back to why we're doing this, you know, why we're talking about it and just creating awareness. I mean, even I am unfamiliar with VNS stuff because I don't have to experience it. So I'm mm -hmm. glad you're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so how long ago did you have that Im implanted? Um, it'll be three years next month. And so, and how long is it good for? Is that a thing or is it forever? Yeah, so the battery will need to be replaced um, on average between five and 10 years. It depends on how often um, the pulses are being sent. Um, everybody's different um, and they're coming out with new generations of the VNS every year. And so as they improve the technology, I'm sure the battery life will improve. Um, but I see my, how, how, how often do I see them now? I see him every three months now, so he can make sure that the the VNS is doing what it's supposed to do, um, adjusted if needed. But when I started, I was seeing him every month. So. That's yeah. a lot, going to appointments every month and having to work as well. Yep. 
And so I know that you said your puppy. Now. Right. I know that she said your puppy is not a seizure alert dog, mm -hmm. but does your dog sense anything when you have them? I don't think so. Um, she's not even two yet. Um, but the reason I got her is because I was like, I live by myself. Um, I don't have family anywhere near here. They're a thousand miles away. Um, and it was a really rough spot in my life slash career, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I felt like I needed something else. Um, and so, and she's, she's been perfect. She's, she's great. Um, but she is training to be a therapy dog. Um, so hopefully yeah. she can help others rather than just me. Um, but yeah, she, she probably wouldn't be able to, to, to detect them because I have them so much um, right. and they're so short. Well, it's good to have a companion too. I mean, we live, we don't have family close either, but I mean, also you are again, a great testimony for people who are wondering like if they could ever live alone, if they could, they could have a job, if they could not, you know, work without having a license. I mean, you're an example of, yes, you can, you don't need to stop living your life just because you have seizures. So that's great. There are those days where I'm like, I need groceries, but I don't want to go get groceries and I'm yeah. tired and I don't want to do the dishes. And yeah. Well, like I just told Tom tonight, I said, Oh, the magic dish fairy has not come yet. <laughs> like, where is he? Uh -huh. And then he ended up doing them. He was like, see, the magic dish fairy did come. So yeah, we all have our moments, but yes. um, do you ever take advantage of like grocery delivery or? I've thought about it, but it's expensive and I'm the type of person that wants to pick out my own produce and my own oh, meat. You like grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. See, I, no. Grocery shopping is, I would rather clean toilets than go to the grocery store. Like I... I, I have started going to Aldi, mm -hmm. um, just because it's, you can get a gallon of milk for 70 cents. Um, where do you live that you get a gallon of milk for 70 cents? Um, Louisville, Kentucky. So I'm only like five hours from you. Uh, our milk is like $3 at Aldi. <laughs> well, this is like just the basic, not organic, just basic skim milk that Tom and Haley drink yeah. like so fast. Um, now Grayson, he's has um, food allergies. So like he have to get him um, non-dairy milk. So I can't go to Aldi for that, but I do take a hundred percent advantage of click list where I could go pick up groceries mm. and um, or Walmart. Walmart has pickup too. So, and I think if you like Instacart, I mean, I know Instacart inflates the prices, but if you are in a bind, it's good to have that option. You know, like we, in this generation, like we have such easy access to things that, excuse me, that like I was just telling, we had Chick-fil-A for dinner last night and I literally ordered dinner through an app and we got to the restaurant and I plugged in my table number and they brought me the food. Like mm -hmm. what a world. 
that we live in that I didn't even have to like stand in line to order my food. It's yeah. very convenient. Yeah, I use uh, Prime Pantry for the bulky things and the heavy oh. things that I can't or don't want to carry from um, from the grocery store. But other than that, I'll go once every two weeks or so. Yeah, so do you carry a suitcase with you to put the groceries in? No. <laughs> um, sometimes I have like, so Chicago's weird and they have a bag tax. So you pay seven cents for every plastic bag that you use from the store. So I usually take my own. Mm-hmm. That's smart. So I, so I take a bag of bags. I have to be careful because I either buy too much food that doesn't fit in the bags or I buy heavy stuff that I have to lug a mile home or hop on the bus with. So there's a fine line between getting too much and, and getting enough. Right. I know my friend, she would, she would bring literally like I wasn't being facetious when I asked you about the suitcase because she would bring her rolly suitcase and load up her produce mm-hmm. from the farmer's market. It was just easier. Yeah. I have a rolly cart. I just never use it. Yeah. I, I think it's great. <laughs> so do you have any idea? I'm kind of circling back. Do you have any idea of like why you started having seizures? So they, the doctors, they um, believe that it's genetic, um, but I don't have anybody in my family that also has epilepsy. Um, So apparently my mom and dad are both carriers and I ended up with it. Um, Yeah. Do you have it in a specific part of your brain? It's generalized. It's all over. Yep. I recently got a diagnosis of TLE, which temporal lobe epilepsy, and I thought for my whole life, I thought I had generalized, but apparently I don't, which Mm -hmm. is the reason why my memory is not the best. And like how you mentioned personality changes, um, I've definitely, definitely am not the same person I was in my 20s. Yeah. Um, Do you have any... Like, have you had any experiences of the personality changes of like friends or family that have commented to you about like how you're different or like how you're kind of like, do you ever feel like you're just like numb to emotions that you don't really feel? Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, On the meds I'm on now, no. Um, But I was on, I don't even remember which one it was now. (laughs) I've tried so many. Um... I was on one med a couple of years ago around this time, um, went home for Christmas and it's just like my entire family was driving me nuts, <laughs> which isn't too <laughs> off the bar for, for the holidays. Um, but like I was cranky, I was crabby. I didn't want to deal with anybody and that's not normally me. Um, and I forget which, if it was my dad or one of my uncles, um, who commented on it and just that comment was like made me even more mad <laughs> just it was a trigger like, for you yeah um so I was very quickly off of that med um and I don't remember if I went to another one after that but yeah it's it's crazy and um trying to weigh the good and the great and the bad and the worst is is not fun yeah it's hard to put on a put it on a scale 
Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the community, we have like a, a, how do I even put it into words? Like we understand each other. So we don't even have to really say, because we get it. But to explain it to someone else, it's, it's just, it's hard to, for them to understand, like, why can't you remember things or what is wrong? Like, why are you feeling like this? Like, Mm -hmm. and like, for me, I mean, I've been seizure free for almost six years, but Mm -hmm. just because there's no seizures doesn't mean there's no side effects. And that's hard to explain to people too. Like, yes, I still deal with these things. Are they as bad? No, but they're still present. So um, I'm super grateful that we have this community because when I was first, like, so I've had epilepsy my whole life, but I didn't start having them again until my 20s. And when that happened, after I was done being in denial for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, there was only a couple people and I didn't know them personally. I just knew them online. Um, so I'm really happy now that there's a community that we can connect with. So do you, how do you feel about the community and the advocacy work and all of that good stuff? Um, good question. Um, do you, are you, do you know anybody local? Like, are you affiliated with the chapter in Chicago? So I, I honestly have never met somebody that I know of that has epilepsy. Um, so this, it's, this is new. <laughs> um, throughout my whole life, I had never met people with epilepsy. Um, they have a chapter here in Chicago. They call it Chicago. I don't think it's actually in Chicago. It may be in Chicago land. Um, so they have a lot of events in the suburbs, which are hard to get to, um, ironically. (laughs) Um, and I've kind of spoken out about that. Like how are we supposed to get there when it's an hour away via train? Um, and there's not really opportunities for rides. Um, even in traffic, it's 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and so gotta love the cities, right? Yeah, great. (laughs) Um, I know that they have support groups here in like downtown area, um, but they meet during work hours. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, yeah, where do I start? Yeah. Like we have, um, I met with the foundation and we just started an adult support group for evenings because that was the thing I told everybody was, yes, you have things during the day for people who don't work, but for us that work, we can't get to it. Mm -hmm. So that's relatively new, but I had to, I didn't, I didn't have to push for it. It was not like I was the ringleader. They were already thinking about it, but I, I like collaborated with them to get that going. So yeah, I can, I, so still to this day, you have never met someone personally. So you just basically know people from Instagram because that's how I met you yeah well that's good in a way right do you feel like you're connected to the community online in a way um I'm very much a face-to-face person um and it's hard to reach out and ask for help like hey can you go to the grocery store with me this week or hey let's just go to dinner because I don't feel like cooking for the 16th day in a row um 
so it's it's hard to find people that understand um and are gracious and i don't know it's it's hard yeah so you've kind of just learned how to live with it yourself and be miss independent right mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing either it's not it gets very hard at times <laughs> so yeah well i mean and i think with not to downplay the severity of seizures, but I think that's normal just with everyday life. Um, so what is, um, talk to me a little bit about what you're doing for the animals. What are you creating? So I just started a business back in September, um, which was approved yesterday by the city of Chicago, the county clerk's office, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm waiting on my certificate of business, but, um, yeah, so I decided to start this because I was told I was good at sewing. I've been sewing since I was eight. Um, and I was asked to do some outfits for a fundraiser, which just happened to be a dog wedding. Um, and so I, I made these two little suits, um, and donated them and the owner of one of the dogs said you're really good at this you should you should start doing something and I already have a stockpile of fabric at home so it's not like I couldn't um and so I just I started my business which is making dog clothes and accessories and yeah people love their dogs <laughs> they do and is it um is it all crocheted like vests I saw that you had your puppy in like a sweater so um it's all sewn I do crochet but all of this is is sewn it's much quicker um her yeah I <laughs> I dressed my dog up for Halloween um she was lamb chop and there are certain generations that don't understand who lamb chop is and, is, and it's very very sad um <laughs> But yeah, um, I took an old sweater of mine that didn't lay on me like I wanted it to. Um, and I re-sewed it to fit her, uh, replaced the buttons and put socks on her. It's super so, cute. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll have to send you measurements of Joy and, and Ricotta now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can get some things for you, from you. Yeah. So what it, I know that we kind of like talked a little bit about the somber aspects of having epilepsy and seizures, but what is something, if you were to give the community one piece of advice, what would that be? I like to end on that note. Hmm. Don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Um, I've only learned that because I've had to go to the doctor by myself every single time. Um, and I have to remember all the questions I have by myself and, um, he will prescribe something and I'm like, nope, not doing it. Um, and it's, you know, your body, um, you know how you're going to respond to certain drugs and or treatments or whatever. Um, and if your if your doctor suggests something that you're not comfortable with, advocate for yourself. Um, even if you think you need another EEG or you need a sleep study or whatever, 
advocate for yourself because um, it can only do you good. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. Yeah. And yeah, anything else you wanted to end on? I think that's it. Mm. <laughs> Thanks for listening, you guys. As always, I would love for you to write a review for me. Um, go ahead and screenshot this and share it to your social media and tag me. It's at 1in26podcast, and I will reshare it as well as give you guys a shout out. Again, thanks so much for your support, and stay tuned for next week in the 1in26podcast. Thank you.